Judith's going to bring us our, our reading, which is from Lamentations, chapter 3. Lamentations, chapter 3, verses 19 to 23. I remember my affliction and my wandering, the bitterness and the gall. I will remember them, and my soul is downcast within me. Yet this, Lord, I call in mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Thank you, Judith. I'm going to invite Jen up now. Jen is the area manager for Christians Against Poverty in uh, Devon and Cornwall, I think, isn't it? Devon and Cornwall? She's, she's my boss, basically. So I've got best behaviour. Come on up. I'm going to pray for you, and then I'm going to hand over to you. So, Lord, we uh, thank you for Jen. Thank you for all the, the work she does with Christians Against Poverty and for who she is, Lord. I just pray that you'll speak through her now to us, Lord, uh, through your word, through what she says. And uh, just commit this time to you. So, Lord, we, we uh, pray your anointing upon her in Jesus' name. Amen. Sorry, just a quick conflab, <laughs> Tony. Please don't be on your best behaviour, Tony. <laughs> Excellent. I need a third hand here. There we go. Bear with. Good morning. Oh, here he is. My hero. Best behaviour, thank you. Fab. I'm not going to put it next to the Bible because I will drop it. <laughs> yeah, so good morning. I'm really, really happy to be here. Um, little way of introduction, as, as Tony said, my name's Jen. Um, I actually live in Plymouth as well, so I've not had to come very far, which is really, really really good. Um, and I've been with CAPS, so Christians Against Poverty, um, for about 11 years now, so quite a long time. I'll call it CAP for short from now on. Does everybody, just a sh uh, hands, who's heard about CAP before? Excellent, I'll go and sit down then. <laughs> no, that's brilliant that you've all heard about CAP, because that means that Tony's doing his job. <laughs> <laughs> so as you may be able to tell from my accent, I'm not from around here, um, I'm actually from up north, I've lived down in Plymouth for about 21 years, um, and I moved down when I was 21 years old, so you can do your maths there, I'm very young, but I am now able to call myself a southerner, because I've been down here the same amount of time, and I live down here with my husband and Someone's giggling there. Yes. <laughs> My husband and two young daughters, and we go to a church called St. Aidan's over in Ernestettle, so over the other side of um, the city, and we uh, are part of a church plant from St. Budo, which is an Anglican church, so I was really happy to see some Anglican in here this morning with the, with the um, prayers earlier, so that was really good. 
Anyway, back to what I'm supposed to be talking about. So we do not often talk about lament, and that's what I'm going to talk about today. Because um, we should talk about it. The Bible gives us examples of and permission to lament. And UK poverty is a reason for us to lament now. And Sid, whose story I will show you in a little while, his story offers reasons for hope. Okay, so in 1939, at the start of World War II, the Ministry of Information designed a poster that's as popular now as it was then. Does anybody know what that poster said? There's no prizes, but does anybody know what that poster said? Who was that? Well done! <laughs> yes, it did say that. So for those of you that didn't hear, it's very basic red and white poster with a picture of a crown at the top and underneath were five simple words and they were keep calm and carry on. And the poster and slogan it carried are timeless and they're possibly even more popular now than they were then. But that national um, call to press on, despite the impending threat of war on our country, epitomises what the British um, way of life is. It's the British stoicism and having a stiff upper lip. And we're encouraged to press on, aren't we? Soldier through any adversity and not let our emotions interfere. Now, don't get me wrong. Perseverance and resilience, they're really essential qualities but if that feels like the only acceptable way to feel in response to difficulties, <coughs> then what do we do in times of anguish? How do we respond when our hearts are really, really hurting and aching? And how do we act in times of pain and with feelings of injustice? What if there's a different way to respond when our hearts are aching? And today we're gonna explore God's way, which is to lament. So lament is unfamiliar to many today, but it's really an important response to the pains and injustice we experience in life. And it's the heartfelt and passionate cry of a hurting soul. It can even be unfamiliar in our churches today. So we regularly um, hear each other, encourage each other with verses such as rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. But you will rarely hear anyone say to the other person, lament with a doleful lamentation. We are utterly ruined. You would never really hear that. And it's also not uncommon to see a praise and thanksgiving service on a church bulletin. But when was the last time we as a church saw a sorrow and grief service? It's not very common. And what's the um, indirect message that we send through that? Well, that's to embrace joy and to avoid sorrow. But does this type of thinking mean that we are missing out on something that is vital to our Christian faith? What are we supposed to embrace sorrow as well as joy? Now, if you look at the Bible, you'll see people allowed themselves to be moved. Jesus wept, not just once, he wept. The psalmist cried out and the prophets lamented. Now, one of those prophets, Jeremiah, was in fact known as the weeping prophet. That's how he was known. And he was a prophet who spent most of his life calling on God's people, the nation of Israel, to repent and live the life they were called to live in relationship with God. But they didn't listen. Of course they didn't. And were eventually captured by the Babylonians. And Jeremiah, bless him, saw his people with their freedom taken away, and they were living outside of a relationship with God. 
And it broke his heart. It really broke his heart. And he was moved to write a whole book, a whole book of lamentation about what he saw and how he felt. And here's just a little flavor of the book. So Lamentations 2.11. My eyes fail from weeping. I'm in torment within. My heart is poured out on the ground because my people are destroyed. He didn't bottle up his feelings or maintain the stiff upper lip at the situation around him. Instead, he cried out to God. It isn't uh, complicated. Lamenting is simply putting words to how we're feeling, to state the circumstances around us and honestly bring our pain before God. It's really quite simple. Now, we at CAP would say that UK poverty is a reason for us to lament. And there are many things in life now that move us and many things that will bring about feelings of despair and cause our hearts to ache. There's loads of different things. You know, there's war, bereavement, um, disaster and injustice. Those are just a few different ways. But right now, we are experiencing the highest rates of inflation for decades. And things are getting really, really even more difficult for those living in poverty. So the Food Foundation reported that 7 million adults, that 7 million adults in the UK missed meals in April 2022. So not a, whole, not a year ago, it's like 10 months ago, isn't it? 7 million adults missed meals, and that was due to rising costs. And the energy cap, that rise means that fuel bills are becoming unaffordable for many. And according to the Joseph Roundtree Foundation, at the end of 2021, so just over a year ago, 3.8 million people on the lowest incomes had, had fallen behind on paying those bills. It's a lot of people. <coughs> and right now, across the UK and right here in this community, there are people living in the middle of very, very real poverty. There's neighbours around you that have got empty cupboards, fridges and stomachs. And a father is unable to heat his cold and damp home. And a mother can't afford the sanitary products um, for her children. Now, I'll never forget walking into my first ever client's home all these years ago. I Actually, I rewind. It wasn't actually my first ever client. I thought it was, but thinking about it, I think she was about number three. So I've got to take that bit back. One of my first ever clients' homes all those years ago. And I was really, really shocked because I admit I must have had some bias, some unconscious bias in me. And I presumed that that house was going to be chaos. I thought it was going to be chaotic. Um, it wasn't. It was I was completely knocked out by the emptiness of the home. And it was really clean and tidy, but it was just really empty. And why that was overwhelmingly sad was that there were two little girls there, but you wouldn't have known that there was any children there. There were very minimal toys, and it wasn't a joy-filled home, and the family could barely afford toast and jam for tea. And it was just really, really, really sad. And I recall my befriender at the time, as we went through the door, offering to pray. Now, that's what one of the roles of the befriender is to offer to pray with our clients. Uh, they don't always say yes but we're allowed to do that. So we offered to pray with clients at every visit. <coughs> and I remember him walking in and offering to pray and me thinking, and I tell myself off now, but me thinking, flipping out, let's get in first. You know, <laughs> it's a bit eager, Mervyn. <laughs> you don't need to offer straight away, but, you know, I was wrong. 
And yeah, she, she was very receptive and she said, yeah, I would love for a place to call home. This is not a home. We exist, but the kids cannot go out and breathe in fresh air and I do not feel safe. And I remember it really clearly because I agreed with her because where she was living was not safe. And we did pray. And guess what? By the time she became debt-free, she did become debt-free, she'd got a new house, three-bedroom house, a three-story house overlooking some magnificent views and she had a garden for those children to play in. And it was just, yeah, it was just really, really amazing. And she now, the church that I'm part of, she's a few hundred meters away from the front door of that church. And no, she's not made a commitment to follow Jesus yet. <laughs> it's a bit of a bugbear of mine. But she's coming to things. She's coming into that church building. And she's really getting involved. And I'm sure that God has got her in his sights. Now, it's really difficult to hear those statistics and stories. And it's even more difficult to know that these People, these numbers, are made up of lives and individuals made and loved by God. And that is a reason to lament. At CAP, we want to stand alongside the church, so church is just like this one, to lament with those living in poverty and facing the ever-worsening cost of living crisis. However, God's purpose for lamenting is that it doesn't leave us in that place of darkness because it's in the midst of lament that we find hope. So just listen to Jeremiah's words in the midst of his lament as we um, read out in the reading. So <coughs> chapter 3, 19 to 23. I remember my affliction and my wandering, the bitterness and the gall. I well remember them and my soul is downcast within me. This is the important bit. Yet this I call to mind and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. So in the middle of Jeremiah's lament for his country, he was confronted with the compassion, love, and hope of God. What a wonderful example of lament leading to new hope, to a new song. So as I've said, we've got the privilege of partnering with local churches, just like this one, who meet people in the middle of crisis, living in poverty, and as the churches journey with them, they bring the hope, the hope of God with them to their community's lives. Now, I'm going to introduce you um, to one of our clients who's called Sid. We're just going to play the clip because there's no point me telling his story. He tells his story in a much better way than I do. So if we could have Sid's story. Great. Back on it. It's actually quite frightening. And I'm not a guy that frightens easily, but that looking back on it, it is actually quite frightening that he got to that point. Um, my name's Sid, I'm 58 years old. In my younger life I was well into sport, cricket, rugby, boxing. Um, used to get paid for playing cricket and rugby. Actually playing cricket with Ian Botham, Graham Hick, Tom Moody, virtually half the England side were at at that time. I seriously injured myself, which meant that my sporting career was not over, but it would never be professional as I wanted it to be. I actually had an accident at work and something fell on my head. And they took me up and gave me an X-ray. And this lovely little chap came through and he said, oh, we found something that's not there, not supposed to be there. 
And I went, oh, you mean a brain? And he said, no, you've got a tumour. And I said, no, 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 I'm indestructible, mate, I don't get things like that. Can't happen to me. Brain tumour was operated on April 2015. Pretty much a year later, I was diagnosed with Crohn's, which is a quite a nasty stomach disorder. Admitted to hospital, um, and just before I was admitted to hospital, my mother passed away, who I've been looking after for a few years, um, quite suddenly as well. It, it turned out I was suffering from a very severe depression because of what had been going on. And obviously during that time as well, I was getting into debt without actually knowing I was getting into debt. I was on some quite um, heavy duty medication and it just spiralled. So pretty much everybody you could owe money to, I owed money to. The nurse came into the room and she said, can I get you anything? I said, no, just shut the door and let me die. I'd had enough. The will, the will to fight it had just gone. So they looked after me in, in hospital and fixed the broken bits again and got me up and running. And when I came out, someone referred me or said to me, if you've got problems, give these people a ring and gave me a card. And when I got home is when I made the, the phone call to Cap. I tried to collect everything that was relevant to what was going on, so letters and bills and all the, the correspondence. And everything was explained, which puts you so much at ease because you actually, for the first time, know what's going on. And then Andrew said to me, I'll give you some, he actually gave me a load of prepaid envelopes. If anything comes, send this off to Cap. And for the first time, think, Crikey, there's a way out of this, you know. It, it was like a, a weight being lifted off my shoulders. Brilliant. That's when Andrew dropped the bombshell. Did you fancy coming to church on Sunday, Sid? So I said, no, all right, no, no, yeah, no, no, that'd be nice. That'd be nice, come along. And I turned up knowing two people, Andrew and Chris. When I left, 20-plus people... See you next week, Sid. Have a good week. See you next week. Oh, I'm going. Crikey. It's a bit different, isn't it? They're all very nice. That was four years ago, but maybe a bit longer. Um, and apart from the times when I've been in hospital, I've not missed a Sunday. I see things totally differently now. My whole attitude is different now. I wake up every day, and every day is now a lovely day. <laughs> Without Cap, Gary, Andrew, and Chris, and the church, I actually 
would rather not think about where I would be now. Um, it really has made that much of a difference to my life. It's that sense of belonging and the sense of friendship. To me, it, it is priceless. got a great story isn't he great testimony my favorite bit of that is when he's walking away with those three friends that he's made that are journeying through life with him it's just priceless priceless yeah that sense of belonging so Sid's story was a journey of lament to hope as you will have seen a story which led to a new song and the journey that he has been on in many ways does reflect our vision and why CAP exists. So at CAP, we've got a vision to see. Do you know what it is, Tony? <laughs> <laughs> Testing you. What about you, Joe? We've got another debt centre manager in here today as well. Any? No, well, that's a problem. No, we've got a vision. And the vision is, I have to read it as well because I get my words mixed up, so don't worry. See transformed lives, thriving churches, and an end to UK poverty. It's a bit of a big vision. It's quite... So let's first look at transformed lives. So Sid's life is obviously a transformed one. From a place of hopelessness as he battled depression, physical illness, and debt to a place of hope. And he's got, as I said, a new song to sing and a future that's hopeful and he is passing that hope onto others. It's like a little daisy chain effect, and it's just magnificent. And it is a real example to us of how God changes lives and opens doors for us to reach out and help others. So secondly, thriving churches. So working um, with Cat with the local church can certainly transform people's lives, and it can pour hope into situations where hopelessness seemed the only option. And that can be seen in our clients' lives all around the country throughout our thriving churches within that, this nation. And the transformations that we see, well, they're amazing and they're humbling and sometimes they can be quite overwhelming to see. Now, the final part of the vision statement, which is the biggest part and the bit, which would be an amazing, an amazing achievement, is to see an end to UK poverty. So Sid's story provides hope that UK poverty can end one life and one home at a time, but it also does remind us that there is more to be done. And we're passionate about bringing about a place where destitution and poverty doesn't exist. And a place where um, more people currently living in poverty can find their song of hope. So we are already taking action. So in September um, 2022, to get the numbers right, um, we did roll out a brand new cost of living response training, bit of a mouthful, for our cat money coaches. The demand was massive and we've already trained hundreds and hundreds of people in that in the first few weeks. And that's empowering um, people to face the current crisis with more confidence in their personal finances. And on top of that, Cat Money coaches can now arrange access to fuel vouchers um, for course delegates on prepayment meters. And that is a real vital emergency response for those who are struggling to heat their homes and cook meals during this cold, cold months. So on a practical level, <coughs> sorry, 
What does CAP do? So through the local church, we run several groups and services. I'll just focus on two today. So one of them I've just mentioned, and that's the CAP money course. And um, for those of you that aren't aware, I'm sure a lot of you are aware, but for those of you that aren't aware, CAP money courses are usually three-week uh, money management courses for anyone and everyone. If you've got an income, whether it's massive or tiny, and you're having outgoings, who's not got outgoings? But if you've got an income and an outgoing, the course is for you. Now, I know you run it here. There are several of the churches as well around the Plymouth area that run these courses. And I know that Tony is on the lookout, <laughs> like a shark. <laughs> He's on the lookout for some more new money coaches to help run the course here at Hope Baptist. So if you're keen to get involved in that, then please do the trainings online. Please do go and chat to Tony or myself after the service. Then there is the debt service, and that is our flagship service. And that is the main way that your church here partners with us at CAB. I'm going to give you a really, really tiny summary, because otherwise we'll be here all day and you won't get your dinner and then you'll all hate me. It's a tiny, tiny summary of how it works. So a person who's struggling with unmanageable debt will ring the 0800 free phone number and get through to our lovely network inquiries, no, new inquiries team, new inquiries team. Um, and they will book you in with Tony and his first available appointment. The process then takes three stages. So the first one being the introduction and expectation setting stage. These are usually all in the client's home. Um, so yeah, introduction and expectation stage. And next is the fact finding and information gathering stage. So the center manager or debt coach will gather all the information from the client about their incoming and outgoings. And they'll send that up to head office. Head office will look at it and come up with an outcome, a solution for that person to get out of debt, which takes us to the final stage. The final stage is the budget. So the budget is prepared by head office and delivered to the client by the debt coach or centre manager. The client is given the news of how long it should take them to get out of debt. They're given that hope and that solution. So alongside those stages, we don't just leave them there. Alongside those stages, it's like what I like to call the gold thread. So there'll be an, um, a, a befriender or a support worker with Tony at those visits, and they will be sowing the hope of Jesus into their lives. So they will be looking out for ways in which they can help them practically or different things that they can offer prayer for, because we're very evangelistic at CAP. That is our number one thing. We're evangelistic and we want to bring Jesus into people's lives. And we also want them to get out of debt. But we want to, we want to bring Jesus into their lives. <coughs> so that's what, what, in a nutshell, the debt centre does. So at a UK-wide level, CAP advocates for and with those in poverty, informing and influencing the decision makers in government and the finance industry. So we work with local and national media um, on a daily basis to amplify the voices of our clients and help the UK church to speak up for, <coughs> sorry, speak up for a just and compassionate society at this difficult time. And we'll continue to do that. We'll continue to seek a society 
where destitution and poverty don't exist, and a place where every person living in poverty can find hope practically and spiritually. And your church here is part of this. So Tony in a minute is going to be telling you different ways you can get um, you can help here at the debt centre. So on a national level, how could you get involved? Two ways you could get involved. You could come alongside us as a life changer. So a life changer is someone who gives a monthly amount to the work of CAP nationally. Not going to say any more about that. If you want to know more about that, come and chat to me at the table at the end and we can sort that out for you. We've also got a few copies of the... <laughs> I'm getting old. The Nevertheless book, which is in this little envelope. These are free. And they are written by uh, CAP's founder. I, I suspect a lot of you have already got this book. Am I right, Tony? <laughs> if you've not already got this book, come and grab one from me. They're free. And it's the story of the how it was founded, basically, how CAP was founded. It's a really, really, really great book. So, yeah, they're free. And I think we've got a few... Journeys of Hope books as well, which are the testimonies of clients, which is the better book, I think. <laughs> I'm not allowed to tell you that. <laughs> so yeah, if you want some stories of clients, come and grab that one as well. Right, so let's celebrate. This amazing centre here was set up 12 and a half years ago. Did you know that, Tony? <laughs> Does it feel like 12 and a half years? <laughs> 12 and a half years ago in October 2010, and over that time, you have seen 268 clients, which is an amazing amount. So 268 clients have had that hope brought into their lives and into their homes. And 56 families have become debt-free in that time so far, which is amazing. Right, these are the figures. I have to read this because I'm no good with numbers. So £593,846.06 worth of debt has been repaid or written off over that time through this debt centre here. So over half a million pounds, which is just amazing. And Tony and his team are currently helping 10 families through the process with many more who will be joining that list of people over the coming months, especially as the cost of living increases and any income gets lower or stagnates. As I've said, Tony and his team have also had the privilege of being able to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with all of these clients, which is just amazing. We don't know how many people have made that decision to follow Jesus, but that's nothing to do with us, God knows and the privilege that we have to do that is just amazing. But the sad fact is that the Plymouth Debt Centre here is currently booked out until June. So it's currently booked four months in advance. And the need is definitely out there. And that is where you could help. So if you're sat here today thinking, God, I really do want to get involved. It's been on my mind for a while. Oh, how can I get involved? You could be a debt coach. Because Tony's looking for a debt coach to help him here in the debt centre. All the training's online at the moment, so there's no travelling up to Bradford or anything like that, which is where our head office is. So if you're sat there feeling the nudge or your heart's pounding or you're getting hot, or ooh, do speak to me or Tony afterwards. We would be delighted to speak to you, wouldn't we, Tony? <laughs> so on behalf of CAP, Thank you for inviting me here today to share about the work of the wonderful charity that I have the honour of working for. 
and thank you for what you've done over the last 12 and a half years. Thank you for what you're doing and thank you for what you will be doing over the next year until you reach the 13 and a half year mark. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, Jen. That's great. Um, yeah, we've run the CAP Centre here for 12 and a half years. I was trying to work out how long it was. Um, it is 12 and a half years, obviously. Um, there's another centre in Plymouth at St. Budo, which Joe, who's over there, runs. And it's really good to see Jill here as well. Jill um, came through CAP and she's, she's now a member at St. Budo, aren't you, Joe? Aren't you, Jill? Yeah, and she got baptised here, actually, just prior to COVID in January 2020, if you remember. So it's really great to see. And Sue's really involved there as well. So it's really great to welcome, welcome them here. Um, yeah, the CAP Centre's been going that long. I haven't been debt coach for that long. Um, it was run by a guy called Patrick Down originally, and then Stuart, uh, Stuart Ryle took it on for a while. Um, and we wanted to see it to continue. We'd like to see it to continue. Um, as an outreach thing, CAP, I think, is a unique outreach ministry because it is evangelistic we, we don't just try and sort people's debts out um, we offer them prayer always offer prayer at, at cat meetings with clients um, and there is that gospel element to it um, and you know, people that have come they would come to cat for debt advice that would never set foot in a church in a church building it's a way of reaching people um, what I'd really like to do now is introduce you to a couple of guys that, that I've met through, through CAP. Um, I want to call out Stacey and John. Uh, it's just Stacey, okay. John, their husband, is, is here as well, which is great to see. Uh, Stacey I met probably about four years ago, I think it's working out initially. So it's been a bit of a journey for Stacey. Welcome, come to middle, come to middle. So it's really great to, really great to, I'm really grateful for you to for come and share. So I just wanted to ask, just to get Stacey to tell you a bit about her story and how she's come to, to CAP and how things have gone in her life in the recent, recent months and how CAP has hopefully helped her. Um, okay, I think we've had enough of kind of sob stories. I mean, everyone's got one. Um, what I'd like to share is the spiritual void that I had at the time. Um, I was in great amount of depression, suicidal, didn't know anywhere out, and Tony came and offered prayer. I'd been clinging on to God with one hand. Um, all I knew is I believed in God. I didn't know any more than that. Um, and with the help of Tony and Cap, not only did they help my debt, but they've also helped my spiritual void. So, yeah, obviously you've had a bit of a journey. You've been... Um you, you had debt problems because you had other issues in your life. Do you want us to say anything about how this difference it's made, sort of actually engaging God in your life? I know there's um, uh, Stacey's been involved with a guy called Tony Williams, who's a minister at Emmanuel as well, and Tony's helping the disciple you, isn't he? Yeah. Give you scriptures. Tell us a bit about that. Okay, so yeah, um, so I reached out to our local church, and I've now got um, a beautiful network of Christians around me. Um, I'm doing the um, Christianity Explored with Tony, uh, the other Tony. Um, yeah, and they're helping both me and my husband on our journey. Um, so it is really important. I can't stress enough how much the bringing Jesus into people's lives, I mean, it does work. CAP does work in that way. So not only all the amazing work they do with debt, but honestly, um, it does bring Jesus to people's lives. Um, and yeah, now I'm on that journey and hopefully I've learnt my lesson now because it is the second time round with CAP. Um, it's a long story, but the debt management side of it is going to be huge for me. 
Um, I won't get back into that mistake again. Um, yeah, so now I'm on my journey. Thank you very much, Stace. Thank you. Yeah, it's a, it's a journey, and like, it's a journey for all of us, isn't it? Um, and yeah, we're always, we're always going to learn, we're always going to improve, and um, with God's help, we can we can get through these things. So I really appreciate you coming to share, Stacey, and uh, it's great to see John, you here as well. So thank you very much for that. Um, one of the key things that, that in, uh, with CAP is the befrienders. Jim mentioned it in a talk. Uh, I go out to see people but I don't go alone. I couldn't do it if I was, I couldn't do it alone. It's, it's, um, it just wouldn't work. Um, so we always take somebody out with us to befriend. Over the years, I guess a number of people in this congregation would have been, would have been involved in befriending it. Um, I can just think Pete and Beryl, certainly you were for a while, weren't you? Um, Claire Preston, uh, Chris Houston, um, I think St Stephen and Rita. Rita's been involved with me. Um, Zoe has been out with me, and John, I think, John, you've been out once, haven't you? And you're coming out next month as well. <laughs> it's really sort of a really important part of the, of, the, um, of the cat ministry. So if you have got time to do that, it's, uh, I usually have my appointments on a Tuesday morning, but that can be flexible if a befriender can't be, can't be there for that. I can usually sort of rearrange because I run my own business. I can kind of, I, I can work to what the clients and befrienders need in terms of, of, of time so it'd be really great to um to have more people involved in befriending um what's it like i'm gonna invite lydia just to come lydia's been out with me a couple of times um just just tell us what it's like lydia is it yeah just just tell us what what you felt when or how you've sort of found it okay uh yes so cap is actually really good i find it really exciting actually going out um i can't wait to meet new people that i probably would never cross paths with in the day-to-day -day. um so it's really great to meet those kind of people that yeah you just never really would um and actually they have so many interests that you can share like commonalities and you can really do things together um so one woman that we went to meet she had a little baby and she started coming to our baby groups and, and cafe and actually was able to build such a great um, relationship with her just by seeing her quite, uh, quite often and um, in the spaces that she felt comfortable coming to, which was great. Thanks, Lydia. Thank you. Do you remember the pigeon, Lydia? <laughs> yeah, so the pigeon uh, was interesting. That was just a woman um, who had taken in a pigeon. Um, <laughs> very, very unique circumstance, but um, again, a lovely woman, and um, we were able to chat with her, super friendly. Um, loved us coming around, really. Yeah, yeah. we didn't see the pigeon. We didn't, there was this pigeon in the room, but we didn't notice it, and there was suddenly a shuffle, and then, then there's this pigeon just loose in the room. <laughs> Bizarre. <laughs> so see, you never know what you're going to meet, befriending, do you? Thanks a lot for sharing that. Uh, yeah, so um, all good. So yeah, so how can you get involved in CAP? Well, like Jen said, if you really if you really want to become a debt coach, that would be brilliant. That'd be fantastic. And we do need someone to do what I do. That expands the ministry. There's lots of demand, as Jen said. Um, we've got a, a point. I'm a point. I'm booked up until May, until June, I think. Yeah, like you said, June. And I, I do one new appointment a month. And within this centre, we could actually do another one. I think within our subscription, couldn't we? So there's there is a capacity to do an extra one a month here. Um, other ways you can get involved. We've got a WhatsApp prayer 
group. So if you want to sign up for that, if you're not already in it, I'm really grateful to those that are in it because it's really good prayer support. There's a, a sign-up sheet on the desk at the back. Um, if you want to be a befriender, if you want to, I'll find out more about that. Again, there's a sign-up sheet at the back. Um, just put your name down and we can have a chat about how you might be able to get involved uh, in the befriending. So those are the sort of ways uh, that would be really useful to to get involved in this centre, we do, as I said, we do a lot of, this is a, an outreach that's been going for years and it would be really good to keep to actually crank it up now because as Jen said, the statistics are getting worse in terms of, of poverty in society and there's definitely a, a need for it. Let's pray for a few minutes. If you want to sit down or kneel or, or stand or whatever, you're comfortable but... Let's just bring some of these things to God. We want to pray about some of the, the issues we've talked about and also widen our prayers to things that are going on in the world at the moment as well. So, yeah, Lord, we do uh, commit to you the work of Christians Against Poverty nationally and in this place. Um, we, we can't do anything effectively without you. So we just pray that you will guide, that you will anoint uh, us as we go out to meet people. Uh, that you will uh, use us to be ambassadors for your gospel, that we might help them with their physical issues, with debt, but also that we might bring the light of your gospel into their lives. And we pray for other initiatives that we run from here as well. The, uh, the Suit Run, we thank you for that. We thank you for all the people here that, that work on the Suit Run. And uh, we just pray that you'll gain encourage and build them and strengthen them those that go out on Monday night to in the bus and those that pray pastor, Lord, uh, give them your wisdom as they meet people that need to know you. We pray for other ministries in the city as well, for Shekinah, uh, for the food bank, um, for other transforming things together, people that are trying to address these issues in our city of poverty and uh, food uh, poverty and uh, money poverty. So we do want to commit these ministries to you, Lord, and that, that your love will be shown through them uh, effectively. And we want to pray for the wider issues in our country, for refugees that are, are coming to this country that are in poverty as well, Lord. And uh, Lord, again, help us to be welcoming as a country to them. They come from places that we wouldn't even want to imagine some of the life, lives they've had to escape from in other countries. So help us to be ever mindful, Lord, of other people's situations and how we can best sort of minister to them. We pray for wisdom for our government as they seek to try and manage these, these issues. We thank you that we do have relative freedom in this country and we do pray for wisdom for all those in authority uh, as they seek to uh, deal with lots of people coming into the country and how to manage that and how to uh, host them here. And we do pray for the, the wider world as well. There's, there's lots of stuff going on. We hear some of it on the news, um, some of it we don't hear. We know that the world is a fallen place. We know that creation is subject to frustration until the sons of God are revealed, as the, as the word says. So we do pray for especially those people in Turkey, uh, those people that are suffering as a result of the earthquake. The Lord, so many people have, have died and so many families are bereaved um, and there's so much need there. So we do pray that you'll really help those that are seeking to aid that situation. We pray for uh, the resources to be put in there. We pray for the people that have gone out there to help. We pray for the aid workers. We pray for those Christian organisations that are involved in that, for Tear Fund, for World Vision, 
of the Samaritan's Purse, uh, all these organisations. We pray for open doors, Lord, as they work through uh, the church, Lord. We're just aware in Turkey that the church is, is the Christian church is quite small, uh, but Lord, um, there's a real opportunity here for your church to sort of stand up and, and really help and show your love. So we do pray for those uh, Christians out there, Lord, helping to minister in those situations and for the organisations that they work with. Let's um, close our time of prayer with the Lord's Prayer, which I think Josh is going to put up. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen.